Hey, everybody. Welcome into our second fireside chat here on the Corporate Global Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And I'm your host, William Spicer. Spicer, today we are joined by the current third place GM, uh, former winner of the Sex Up or Shut Up Award, (laughs) as well as uh, having a player that you want to pinch some cheeks of. That is the Matriarchs GM, Katie Witham. Katie, how are you? I'm well. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, Katie, we're happy to have you. Uh, We wanted to have a chance to talk about your team some on the podcast, get some of your thoughts on the league, and then get to know the the woman behind the heart (laughs) and the shield, uh, or the sword, I should say. Um, So tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Um, Well, I am originally from Memphis, so big sports fan, but I would say basketball is my biggest sport. Um, that I care about just being from Memphis. Um, Amen. I love football too, though. And back in the day, I loved soccer was actually how I first got into sports. But um, been a sports fan, you know, probably since like my teens, mostly. And I don't work in anything related to that. I work in education. I was a high school English teacher in Memphis for several years, um, post-college, and then worked um, at the state level in assessment for a few years, which I live in Nashville now, and I went remote at that job was when I moved here. And now I work in ed tech doing digital learning and curriculum products for schools, which is very timely right now, Um, (laughs) of course. But yeah, I... Got in. I had started getting into sports in middle school, high school, um, starting with soccer. That was the one my family always played. But my senior year of high school, I was a sports writer for our county's newspaper. Um, and that year also coincided with the Memphis Tigers um, near championship run, oh. RIP. Um, so that's really when I got super into sports. In college, I was a sports editor of my campus newspaper and Started doing fantasy in my 20s. Um, yeah, and love it ever since. Awesome. Man, if those guys could have just hit some free throws. <laughs> I know, I know. It's still, I still sometimes have PTSD whenever the name Mario <laughs> Chalmers is mentioned anytime. Oh, uh, that's rough. And I know you're a Kentucky fan, Hunter, so. Yeah, that ended up working out in my favor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, that, that championship game was so depressing. Uh, my brother, as he was like six years old maybe but he had uh done a drawing where you get a random team from the NCAA tournament that year and if your team that you draw wins you win like 200 bucks oh and gosh. he had drawn memphis and he was like dancing around oh, like so thought he had it won and then we all know what happened yeah truly tragic I well i will say i don't know what happened to be honest no. with you, oh, I, you know, you you know I'm pretty oh out on gosh. college basketball. It it was like always too much. I love I love doing brackets and I always managed to do pretty well in them. But like, so brief aside, we were an underdog team, never given any respect. We had a great run that year. Only one loss. It was to Tennessee. They were number two. We were number one. First time that it happened to an in-state game in like decades. So that was our only loss going into the tournament. We actually had the record number of wins because the season had expanded recently. Um, We destroyed Kevin Love's UCLA in the final four. We beat Michigan State in the Elite Eight. We're just really on a great run. It was the year of Derrick Rose, a one-and-done freshman. Didn't really do much until the tournament. He'd 
that's when he started skyrocketing up the draft boards. Um, played Kansas in the national championship. Had a lead almost the whole game. Free throws had plagued us the whole season, and we started missing them down the stretch. And with less than a second left, Mario Chalmers hit a game-winning three. Yes. Yep. And uh, that was Coach Cal was the coach yep. of Memphis then. And uh, he had, I guess, one more season at Memphis before taking John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins away Oh, no, he, he left Memphis. right after that, yeah. It was that the was the last okay. season, yeah. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember the timing, but and then, uh, yeah, you do know the the way that played out. Yes, so. he left what us a with uh, academic restrictions because of Derrick Rose's SAT brouhaha, <laughs> and then took our John Wall and Demarcus Cousins with him. Yep. And also, what a multiverse, though. If Mario yeah. Chalmers does, doesn't hit that, <laughs> that shot, what happens? Wow. Yeah, I don't think Cal would have left, um, and I would be very sad. <laughs> would not be the same person I am today. So that's that's a great history. Um, so you said you started playing fantasy in your twenties. Um, have you like just stuck with football or played other fantasy? Yeah, sports? I've only really played fantasy football. There were a few years after college. I was always trying to convince my guy friends to let me join their league, and they never did. So props <laughs> to y'all for being more um, progressive. Um, and then all my girlfriends and I started a league a few years back, um, which is a mix of people who care about football and who didn't. We're just having fun. Um, so yeah, just football. Mostly, this is my first dynasty league. Um, I've played Survivor too, but um, before this, just pretty standard fantasy. My family has a league too, but it's been fun getting into the fantasy world. I mean, the dynasty world. Sorry. It, it makes me when I, I don't know if you feel this way, but when I go to play my other game weeks, I'm just so bored. It's like yes. I don't because I don't have to look. It's literally just like how do you manage the waiver wire and how lucky you exactly. got exactly because you can't. It's almost impossible to trade in a one season scenario. Mm-hmm. Like the val- there's not enough value to be gained at any point. It just seems like so childish or elementary when I go back to it now. It's just yes. like yeah, no, absolutely yeah. I was gonna say. Uh, I know, so this is my third year playing Dynasty, and even in year three, I'm still picking up on a lot of the differences and kind of un- unlearning habits I've formed um, in playing regular season long, because I've been playing that since I was in like early high school, and um, I think it probably was a detriment to me in my first couple of years. I made a lot of mistakes, but I was going to ask you, do, do you think you... Uh, how when you were building your team like in our startup draft and then some of the moves you've made since then um have you felt an adjustment period in dynasty and and how do you feel about the moves you've made so far yeah i have um back during the draft i had read the rules you sent but i didn't really internalize them or study them enough (laughs) so i feel like you know with it stretching over multiple days i eventually just kind of like once i got past players that were sure things and i was really excited about i feel like i kind of just reverted back into a what i would do in a typical fantasy league um which led me to my now trying to win now mindset um so yeah, I think there has been an adjustment period definitely with like trades and stuff. I typically in fantasy, I don't make a ton of trades because um, you can usually just hit up the waiver wire more. Um, so that's been fun. I feel like 
My plan now, and it's kind of been fleshed out as it goes along, is to try to win now, obviously. But I think my team will be competitive for the next maybe two years or so. I crunched the numbers and the average age was like 27, which isn't too old. Um, But then, and I've, you know, as I'm sure we'll get to, I've kind of hemorrhaged draft picks lately. Um, So then in probably 2023, I'll blow it up. Yeah, both of us will be in a similar position, yeah. I think, in 2023. I, I'm definitely in the same boat. Um, I barely have any draft picks until then. So, um, absolutely. One thing I was going to uh, talk about was one of the first trades that you made, I think. Uh, there's one that was really big that, that I want to talk about, too. But uh, we made a, a together a very funny funny trade where we just traded straight up. Uh, I sent you um, Juju Smith-Schuster and... You sent me Stefan Diggs, yes. Von Diggs. Um, what what did what was your reaction when you saw that come across? Well, I think now it's ended up differently than I thought at the time. I thought I was definitely winning the trade, um, but as we've seen, Pittsburgh has been much more of a committee approach this year. Um, I was higher in Diggs going into the draft. I drafted him fairly early, I think, um, in a fairly early round. Um, I thought he was going to have a real breakout year being the main option. Um, But I will say, I feel like at the beginning of the season, you guys got in my head a little bit with the podcast and talking about how old my team was. And I saw it as a (laughs) quick chance to inject some youth into the team with 23 year old Juju. Um, So yeah, I was happy with it. I'm still happy with it. I think obviously he hasn't had a, very fantasy relevant season with Pittsburgh this year, but he's still so young. He's well liked in the league. I don't know that he'll stay at Pittsburgh next year because I don't know if he'll be offered enough money since they've found success with other receivers. But I think that he could go to another team and be a wide receiver one option. So we'll see. Yeah, I think he probably will be on another team. If it makes you feel any better, I, I'm looking right now, and Juju was taken in the third round, pick six, and you took Diggs two picks later. Okay, so it's pretty even. I thought there was a bigger gap than that um, because I thought the value was different, and I, even after I sent the trade, I felt stupid. I was like, I should have asked for more, but like you said, it's it seemed to work out so far. Um, Speaking of sort of trades, I wanted to ask, are there any trades to you? They can be yours or anyone else Mm -hmm. that you remember thinking, being like, okay, this was a big moment for either my team or someone else's team or anything like that. Yeah, I feel like I remember my own, the clearest of who was involved, but definitely my uh, team changing trajectory was my trade with the God Kings, um, Mm -hmm. sending him Aaron Rodgers for... Justin Herbert, my future, um, Derek Carr, and Hunter, your first round pick, um, which was a funny kind of how that happened. Brady sent me on Slack a offer for Aaron Rodgers, and he was going to send me Justin Herbert and Tyrod, um, which at the time Tyrod was the starter. And oh. um, I have Nick Foles, but he wasn't starting yet. So at that time, I would have just had two starting QBs. And I was like, no, I need a, if I'm sending Aaron Rodgers, I, I need to have a backup QB for bye weeks. So he sent it back with, actually, I guess it was just Justin Herbert and the pick at first. That's what it was. And that's why I wouldn't have a, have had a backup QB. So he sent me back Tyrod, Justin Herbert, and the pick. And I was in a work meeting, so I didn't respond. So he just kept upping the ante while I was not responding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then unprompted sent me Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, and your first. And I accepted quickly. And my goodness, I think it still helped him in the short term, but I do think that 
I got the much better end of that deal. And it gives me a future beyond the next two years to look towards. Uh, yeah, I think you spanked him in that <laughs> trade. Uh, and I can't remember the timing of that. I don't, like, had Justin Herbert already broken out at that point? No, he hadn't played at all yet. Tyrod was still the starter. It was, oh, it was right. a yeah, pretty long that. puncture. Yeah, I was going to say, Katie's in cahoots with the <laughs> yeah. LA Chargers, Chargers. Like, front, <laughs> front office. office. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, the doctor. Stab the doctor, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, just to uh, to give you an idea, I just plugged in that exact trade um, right here, like as, as if it happened today. And the trade calculator that I'm looking at gives a, a difference weighted to your side that is so heavy. It says in order to make this trade fair, that Brady would have also had to have received either Saquon Barkley or DeAndre Hopkins. Oh my gosh, that would never happen. DeAndre is not for sale. Yeah, so wow. you, uh, you yeah, there. it really worked out to, for me. To pry Herbert away from you. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> no, so. no. I'm very happy with the young kid. And, you know, I'll build my future team around him once I uh, run its course with its current look. Absolutely. Let's see here. Um, you've made a couple other small trades. We've, uh, we sw- I gave you Mike Davis for a third. I think both mm-hmm. of us, I guess, made out okay on that. Um, you, uh, he's been playing really well, and he started to drop off some. Yeah. Um, Spicer, have you traded any with Katie? Yeah, we had a, a, a handcuff or handcuff situation, mm-hmm. which, like, Katie is probably looking better with, because she got Gus Edwards and with, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mark, Mark Ingram, Ingram missing yeah. this week. That I think that you'll you'll it'll that trade ended up better for you now but josh jacobs is also questionable Mm. and like starting to get banged up already so i'm also feeling like well you know we got the value for our teams yeah i haven't started either of them so it didn't really affect me yet we'll see what happens but nice spicer do you remember where where we had did we end up officially on the the airwaves of the podcast do a ranking for like this season and dynasty or did we just do like one ranking did one ranking oh yes i remember well yes i was gonna say (laughs) this is your chance to to throw all the the shade back at us especially probably me i think i was much lower on your team than spicer i think spicer had me pretty fairly ranked because it was like middle of the pack where look good for now but um, especially starting out the season without having Justin Herbert and some of the guys I've traded for, I was older than starting out. But yeah, definitely don't feel I deserve to be ranked last, Hunter. I will. I will. Throw no, that. I don't. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I honestly like going into the season with a chip on my shoulder. You know, um, after the algorithm started projecting me to win or get in the top few, you know, it's it's harder to play when you have the the target on your back than when you're a surprise. So. I welcome it. I welcome it. Yeah, I think I I remember we had planned to do a like what we think for this season rank and what we think for long term. And I don't think we ever did the second one. We did the dynasty outlook, and that's where I ranked you tenth. Um, I would I definitely would not have had you below uh, probably like Marley Magic and <laughs> Touchdown Nabby. I think, and I I also thought Brady's team was uh, looking not great when we started but there's been so many trades now that right. it's hard to go back and, and think that way um what's been the most surprising trade to you uh season or i guess like league-wide that you've seen oh, i feel like i'd have to go back and look at let me pull up the app some of the past ones there have been a lot of big ones yeah i feel like there were a lot of huge ones fairly early on that 
now, like you said, it's hard to think of those teams without those players. Yeah, we've had Saquon moved in the big three-team trade. You just had another big trade we haven't talked about yet. Oh, when you yeah. acquired Zeke and, and uh, OBJ. We need to talk <laughs> it about that It was a bit reckless, well. but we'll see. Um, yeah, I would say kind of in terms of team trades, because I was just, as part of my own trade, I was kind of looking at assets and what's taken stock, but the Saquon one reminded me of it. Um, I think the Cheetah's moves and sh- moving and shaking has been the most interesting and impressive. They're clearly tanking and just hoarding assets, but... I was astounded by how many they've been able to acquire from all different people across the league. And then I completely forgot. I was just looking at how many draft picks Noah had and completely forgot that he traded for Saquon. Um, So that's going to be over the next however many years this league is in business. That's going to be pretty crazy to watch. And Especially since he he didn't get rid of too many of his, I mean, he has all of his like top of the line assets still with all yeah. these first round picks. Yeah, we were talking about that the other night when we were making um, the Zeke trade. He was saying he hopes he drafts well. And I said with a starting lineup of Kyler and Trevor and then Saquon coming back, it'll be hard to go wrong. You can afford some misses in the draft. Very great point. Um, but yeah. Spicer, any any uh, other questions for Katie. Yeah, do you ha- Katie, do you have any uh trade take backsies that you would want to do? <laughs> um I might eventually want to take back the one I just did for Zeke and Odell. <laughs> we'll <Okay>. see. Um <laughs> I don't know. The the Odell part was just a throw in because that was to get the winner faces involved. Um I wasn't really that concerned about that. Um I did have a counter with that the Flaming Cheetahs had first asked for both my first round picks for next year, but I offered him a first next year and a first in 2022 so that I still have one first next year. Um, Smart. But yeah, I running back has long been my weakest position and I was trying to shore it up. Um, somebody who I think is in a similar boat to my other star running back, Derek Henry, where they are in their prime. They probably have a couple years left of being top tier. Um, but running back is not a long-lived position, and they both have a ton of miles on those bodies. Um, so again, still kind of playing into the win-now mindset. But it might be something I regret once it's time to rebuild my team, and I have very few draft picks. Very uh, good. My other um, trades have all been kind of... Um, besides that first one for Justin Herbert, they've all been kind of... Like the Mike Davis with you, Hunter. Um, I traded Colton a pick for Miles Gaskin, which I've been happy with so far, and he's 23, so nothing nothing too blockbuster besides those. What's it been like owning Cam Newton through this <laughs> season so far? Oh, gosh, a roller coaster. Um, I have long been a Cam Newton fan. I never grew up with an NFL team being in Memphis, um, so while I've like followed different teams and players, I never had like a team I grew up with as a child rooting for. Um, When I got into football, I started rooting for the Panthers because they had D'Angelo Williams at the time at running back, who was Mm. Memphis's running back. And so then through that, as Cam was drafted, was really into him and excited by him. And 
I was really excited after taking him in the draft and people thinking that was a bad choice for him to go to the Patriots, you know, and it looked for real the first couple of games and then COVID hit. Last game was absolutely abysmal. Um, I'm not starting him this week. We'll see what happens going forward, but I'm really rooting for the guy. I think he gets a lot of unfair flack. I put him in the position of a lot of um, other athletes who have personality, have style, who are unashamed about being good um, and get flack for being arrogant or not being team players when the majority of their team players have enjoyed playing with them. And I usually think it has kind of dog whistle undertones, but that's my perspective. Yeah, no, I think that I've thought that a lot about Cam. I don't know if either of you saw this, but um, it's probably been it would have probably been last year. It was during the season. Cam put out this 15 to 20 minute interview where he's like v- dressed amazingly with this awesome hat and like just smoking a cigar. Have you either of you seen this? There's been so many hats. I don't know if I've seen that one or not. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just sitting. I think like, I remember the, the cigar. Yeah. He, just talking one-on-one with like somebody like probably in his camp or something and talking. Remember last year he was, he was hurt and like was kind of like, it was a weird situation of like whether he was going to come back or not. And um, he talked a lot about kind of what you just said, Katie, like about him as a person, the way he's been viewed and um, his like goals to come back and how he was like, yeah, I want to play football. And it it just, it really humanized him Mm -hmm. a lot uh, for me. But yeah, I think it's interesting that you have him. And then I would think uh, like OBJ and maybe a little bit of Mm -hmm. Zeke, but like OBJ definitely fits that. Yes, uh, very much so. so. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like you, uh, your team is, is a welcoming of these stars. Yeah, I definitely welcome them. I think it's an absurd double standard half the time. You know, if you remember a few seasons ago when Odell kicked the nets on the sideline in frustration and all the brouhaha that came over that as if anybody who has played sports never kicked or hit something in a moment of frustration and compare that to the lack of outrage over Brady refusing to shake hands with people. And that's who I was about to point to. (laughs) Yeah. Or Brady throw dude, Brady and Ben Roethlisberger are are like big time cooler throwers, like temper tantrum quarterbacks. Like, Mm -hmm. so I am totally with you. Like, and, but they're, but they're, look at that leadership and passion for them. That's what they get. Right. Exactly. When it's an older white man, it's it's leadership. Yeah, that's a great point, especially with Brady. That he could probably get away with murder, and people would spin it to be like, "Oh, yeah, he's great." Um, well, that's interesting. I, I really like that uh, that take. Is there someone on your roster that uh, you want to use this platform to to try to to sell? Hmm. Well, I've for good been or bad. trying to trade William for James Conner for a while, but now I have Zeke, so Ooh. probably not as desperate now for that. Right <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I would love to offload Kenyon Drake, but I doubt I'm getting any takers for that. <laughs> but hey, guys, he's still young, you know? He's 26, no significant injuries. I mean, he's out right now, but it's just a sprain. Um, you know? He could really turn this thing around. So send me your best offers there. Also, also, look, T.Y. Hilton just got traded and he's banished <laughs> to the shadow exactly. realm. Exactly. So. Kenyon Drake is significantly better <laughs> than that. If he goes to a team that doesn't have as many weapons as Arizona, you know, he might do great. But I have, you know, I have a lot. Of, but beyond DeAndre Hopkins at receiver, I have a lot of 
solid players who are not the superstar DeAndre is. And for the right offer, I'd be willing to trade any of them. You know, I've got consistent players like Robinson, Devontae Parker, Robert Woods, um, Juju, you know. For the right offer, any of them are up for grabs, just not DeAndre for my favorite player. Yeah, I think he's he's definitely an untouchable. Um, I really like Allen Robinson. I wish there was mm-hmm. a way I could acquire him. I don't think there is. If but... he ever gets a quarterback, he'll be a superstar. Yeah, he's his whole career had terrible quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the DeAndre situation before he got Deshaun Watson. DeAndre was a top five wide receiver with the likes of Brock Eisweiler. Um, I don't even know who else. There, uh, Brian uh, Hoyer. The other car. The yeah. other car. The other car. Yep. Yeah. Matt Schaub. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> he had like just... five quarterbacks in one year one time and still was a top five yeah. wide receiver. So I think a similar thing could happen to Allen Robinson if he gets some consistency. Somebody can throw downfield. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about the Matriarchs brand and your the creation of the team logo, the colors and everything that you did with Jake. We got to hear Jake's side of things back when we had him on the podcast, but tell us about yours and if you had any other ideas that didn't make the cut, uh, kind of what went into your process. Yeah, it was super fun working with Jake. Um, I changed my team name. The first one was just kind of a classic fantasy joke name that wouldn't have been good for a branding strategy. Um, (laughs) um, So just being the only woman in the league, I wanted to do something that was a spin on that. So that's why I went with the matriarchs. And then when I started talking to Jake, I had kind of the idea of the like religious Virgin Mary, but like more fierce looking, but not kind of designed out um my sister actually for halloween last year was like mary of the sacred heart or the bleeding heart or whatever um which is that kind of starburst and tears and sword symbol the sword through the heart which i think she got the idea from the met gala a couple years ago did a similar Mm. thing um but so that's kind of what i was thinking of but translating that into team look i wasn't really sure about so i sent just i just sent jake like a bunch of pictures and he really went with it from there um when he first sent me the colors he was thinking about, I told him I wanted blue because that's associated with the Virgin Mary and then like maybe red or gold. Um, and he sent me those shades and they were a really cool retro look, which I loved. And so then we kind of went with that for the numbering and the font and all of that. So, um, And then he wrote the piece about it being just as... Um, in place are in a stained glass window as a tattoo parlor. And I really loved that because I kept wondering if the, if the crest would get too tattooy with it being like, you know, the classic tattoo of a heart with mom inside and an arrow through it or something <laughs> like that. Um, but leaning into that, I thought it turned out really well. I love it. Yeah. Yours is one of my favorite of everyone's because blue is obviously one of my, or not one of is it is my favorite <laughs> color and sports colors. And, if I didn't already have the team name Gotham Knights, I, I would have tried to go for a more royal blue as a mm. uh, ode to Kentucky or something yeah. like that. But the uh, yeah, if anyone was going to be forced to get their logo tattooed and not seem too crazy, yours would probably be number one. Thanks. Yeah, that's all you can ask for in a team logo. Um, are there any other? Are there any team logos or names that you really also <laughs> like, or that you saw and were like, "Oh, I am in on this branding." Yeah, well, I loved the Marley Magic. I don't know if I'd want it for my own team, but <laughs> loved the pastel tie dye and the dual um, 
symbols. Um, other ones I really liked. I really liked the Pit Kings just as kind of a classic. I'm also partial to blue. Both the Tigers and the Grizzlies are blue and just and it's my favorite color. So any of the ones that were heavily blue I liked a lot. Um, I thought yours, Hunter, I thought yours looked with the helmet. I thought that was super cool. Um, and then I also thought the Cheetahs looked just like, you know, like a actual jersey that a team would wear and mm -hmm. into. So those were the ones I was kind of drawn to. The ones that were a little more like eccentric, like yours, William and stuff. <laughs> um, I really like the vibe, but for myself, I wanted something a little more classic retro look. Yeah, I sort of figured, I actually was expecting you to be a big down, down, <laughs> uh, touchdown to Abbey fan. Really? Um, that's what Aaron said too. And for some reason, maybe it's just the color combo, the black and the gold. It's not really like any of my teams or didn't really draw me in, but I did like the symbol for it. The fortress looking thing. Yeah, that was cool. And the name, the name's fun. When he did that. Yeah, was he, I can't remember, was that his name before we rebranded? I think so. So he actually stuck with his. I don't um, think I just ever got what the connection was to Downton Abbey until <laughs> until <laughs> it was fleshed out there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a kind of a goofy name. Um, one thing I, I want us to do here is let's go back to the rookie draft that we had this year. Uh, you picked from the seventh slot and um, just kind of work through, uh, especially the first three rounds here with some big names and. Um, tell us a little bit about why you you picked these guys so um at pick number seven in the first round you took the first wide receiver off the board with jerry judy yeah um who i've now lost another thing i might regret in the zeke trade um but yes i picked on the later side that was one of the things that I feel like I didn't, I glossed over in the rules about how we picked in the draft being based on the <laughs> kickers. Um, so I picked a kicker pretty late. Um, but the quarterbacks and running back with Clyde that I was most confident in were already gone by that point, of course. Um, and based on... I don't know if DeAndre Swift was still on the board, but I remember there were a couple highly ranked running backs that I picked Judy over just because of the teams they had gone to um, in the draft. So I felt like Denver was going to be an offensive wasteland this year. Um, I thought Judy was a little underrated maybe coming out of college. Um, so I thought, you know, he could have a good chance to start right away, which he has, you know, hasn't always been consistent enough to start in fantasy, but he's been, you know, getting looks out the gate. I think he only has one touchdown, but, um, that will come with time. So yeah, I thought that was a solid pick for where I picked in the draft. Yeah. There was a lot of conversation between Judy and lamb mm -hmm. as the first picks, uh, or which one should be the first wide receiver. I took Judy in a different league over lamb as well. So I'm, sharing that with you but we'll see I, I think over time i think when Cortland sutton comes back for denver it might actually help mm -hmm. judy um this there won't be as much pressure on him and attention on him to succeed um you also spicer who did you take because you you picked after katie right yes i, t I took justin jefferson mm. oh that worked out well. yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right um in the second round you took Keyshawn vaughn um uh running back from Bandy. Vanderbilt. Yeah, that was part of why I picked him. I was anchored down. Yeah, after the first round of the rookies, um, 
I hadn't been following college football last year super closely, so kind of beyond the first round picks, it was more of a toss up for me, um, just doing like a little quick research into them. But it's like a little hometown pride would be nice. Um, wanted to get a running back since I took a wide receiver first, and it hasn't worked out yet. You know, he's still young, so he still might have a chance in the future. But it was it happened before. So Brady was going to Tampa Bay. So I was like, okay, they'll, you know, be looking to do something new there. But they hadn't started piling up all these other assets with Fournette and things like that yet. So I might change that in retrospect. But at the time, I thought he might be another like Judy starting right away option. Yeah, I think I think most people thought that he would probably come in over Ronald Jones and either like split time with him or get work in. And then uh, Fournette came and kind of messed that mm-hmm. up. I will say though, he does seem to be still like pretty highly touted. Like if you were to trade Keyshawn Vaughn, he holds some amount of like pretty good value. It seems like just looking at other people's like leagues or like fantasy yeah. boards, people seem to really be high on him still. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I just recently traded him um, in my other league. So I can't remember what I got for him. Do you remember Spicer? I, did, I can't. It feels like it's someone in like the Anthony Miller, hmm. like Christian Kirk, like Sterling Shepard level player. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I think I did. I think I got um, Anthony Miller and like Jermichael Hasty. Yes. Yeah. For him. I think that that's what it was. So yeah, it definitely still has value. And then... You were the one that pulled the trigger in the third round on our boy Gronk. We, somebody was going to do it, and it was a rookie draft, but we had the veterans, and yeah. I was hoping he would fall to me at the beginning of the fourth, but uh, you got him there. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. He's he's had some yeah, exciting moments. Yeah, up and down. I don't think I've started him at all yet. Um, so I don't know. Last week he had a good game, and I think the week before too. But that was when it was getting to the point where I was like – I. I also feel like the rookie drafts beyond the first round are kind of a crapshoot and you don't really know at all what you're going to get and you could get lucky or you could get somebody who's out of the league next year. Um, so that was me just kind of not knowing about a lot of the players and was like, okay, here's one that I do know who might at least have one interesting season. So went with Absolutely. That. we'll see. I think Chris Godwin's coming back, so he might not be relevant for much longer. I think Godwin's out again already. Oh, really? mm-hmm. okay. Well, then he might get a start and flex sometime. It's not starting over Waller ever in my tight end spot. There'll be a bye week or something. Yeah, Dude, he's a he's a great he is a great fill in. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how th- this offense is going to look different starting Monday with Antonio Brown now in the mix too. So true, true. Who knows? It'll be very interesting to see what happens with that. Also, I think there's only maybe one player who's drafted after Gronk who has started. I can't see exactly, but I know I took Antonio Gibson in the third at 310, but I don't think anyone else. Claypool was taking a couple oh, of picks. Oh, that would have been Claypool. nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but talk about like finding a diamond in the <laughs> exactly. rough right there. I think my fourth round rookie pick was Tyler Johnson, so also another Tampa Bay guy. And mm-hmm. he's been getting looks a little more lately. I think he's had a couple touchdowns now, but he's still on my taxi squad. I haven't felt the need to move him out yet. But that's good. Get, getting looks in the red zone, yeah. even if it's just like you can't count on for fantasy, but it means that coaching staff likes something about a, some some kind of look down that's there. That's a good point. Yeah. Three bucks in the in the draft. <laughs> I like it. All right. Yeah. The last pick was Thaddeus Moss, a tight end for the Washington football team. 
I picked him. We'll say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Rem- I don't know who he is. Or I don't have him team. anymore. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have no memory of that one. <laughs> no, <laughs> cut and pr- uh, cut and practice on the practice squad preseason. Yes. That's awesome. Um, well, let's uh, let's talk before we end here about just your outlook on the rest of the season. Maybe get some predictions in here for what you think is going to happen with your team and the league as a whole going forward yeah um for my team i am desperately trying to get catch back up to you guys and get within a few games i feel like the gap is widening and it's just going to get harder and harder to catch up because i really would love to have that first round buy at the playoffs um mm-hmm. so to get into kind of second place position going into the playoffs would be amazing um i had a pretty tough early slate of the season i played both of y'all played the winter faces um played the god kings when they scored 200 randomly um (laughs) so my next my next slate is a little bit easier i played the popular ballers who are really injured this week played the cheetahs last week um i have touched down touched downton abbey coming again and marley magic although they're resurgent so we'll see um, so hopefully I can make up a little ground there. Um, but yeah, definitely still in win now mode. Would love to get the first round by in terms of predictions for the league. Um, I think it will be hard for anybody to overtake the two of you all for a first place placement going into the playoffs. Um, there's, in my mind, there's a pretty widening gap between a top four, bottom four here. Um, mm-hmm. and Agreed. so it's kind of like, unless somebody has a random players going off game, it's hard for me to see a lot of places switching there. Um, I think Williams seems the most impressive to me because he picked last in our draft. I was remembering the other day and he's been in first the entire, entire, uh, season so far. Yeah. I think maybe every single week, right? Spice, is that right? I think so. Maybe not the maybe not the first week because I think, like the I don't think I had the highest score that week. So, but I do think Let's those see. last uh, wild card spots are going to be very exciting. Could be anybody's game, like y'all have talked about before. That's true. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, Katie, what, you were in first after the first week. Oh, it was nice while it lasted. That's right. <laughs> I uh, I will say you already have more points for mm-hmm. than me on the season. So all you have to do is like catch up to me in record uh and you'll overtake my my first round by so um yeah i was flipping through the schedule as you were kind of mentioning it and you uh you do have a very good chance the next week because popular ballers has no starting quarterbacks this week <laughs> right and then marley magic um you play him next week but he doesn't have baker mayfield so oh. um that's helpful and then after that yeah you have the touchdown nabby and the pit kings yeah. and that'll be the pit kings matchup will be let's see that'll be week 11 or 12 and that's going to be really crucial for mm. for him especially on uh he's been just had i feel like he's had the worst luck of everyone yeah he definitely has i feel like i so know when i played him bubble. i beat him for by like two points i think or something like that i beat him by two points as well <laughs> that first week <laughs> sorry colton we'll get you on the podcast soon and let you air your grievances well spicer any other questions um I wanted to ask one question, which is, uh, just, is there any team like that, let's say this, this year ends cause you're, you're built for, for now and you, you win the championship. If you could switch teams with mm. another, like another team in the league, who would you switch with after this season? Hmm. 
if we're just talking about switching for like next season for that following season to go into the season with their team um it might be the winter faces mm-hmm. i think that would be a really Hard. good one if it's for like long-term future it's got to be the cheetahs yeah yeah, yeah. The, mahomes and burrow is mm-hmm. just burrow's only gonna be better next year yeah it's just too fun. The yeah. winter faces are just too fun. If 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 Wyatt traded managed to get DK Metcalf out of Noah's dead hands, his team would just be make me want to cry. How much I love his team: CD Lamb, DK Metcalf, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, he just needs to draft a running back, mm-hmm. and he'll be fine. Because I don't. I mean, Daryl Henderson could end up. He's a Memphis boy too, right? Um. Don't think so. Could oh, be wrong okay. though. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, Daryl Henderson might end up being good. Um, and yeah, we'll see. But yeah, CD Lamb and DJ Moore, like those guys are going to be good for a long time. So I like that. But yeah, I agree with you that it, it's the it's definitely the cheat is if it's long term. Like if I wasn't six and one, uh, I'd probably just send Noah a trade offer of every person on my roster for every person and pick on his, and he wouldn't <laughs> accept it. But. Man, it'd be fun. Um, well, I have a closing question, but before we do that, is there anything that you were coming into this interview hoping to get out into the Corporate Global Dynasty League? Um, I don't think so. I think we've covered most things. I wanted to address that, you know, 12th or last 10th preseason ranking. Um, but, you know, beyond yeah, that. I'm on the hot seat. <laughs> I think, you know, it speaks for itself, so we don't have to go into it too much. But, yeah. It's been fun. Nice. Yeah, I think a lot of it ties directly into my, um, not hatred as a real player, but as a skill and fantasy player of Derrick Henry. And he's just been stiff arming me into the ground <laughs> yep. all season long. Um, so I I sometimes lay, lay awake at night, like having <laughs> nightmares about uh, facing you in the championship and Derrick Henry, like in, in you know, December, Karma, like running for yeah. like, 300 yards or something. It could happen. Um, happened last so, year. Very, very scared of that. Um, so here's my final question. It's kind of for everyone. Is We are recording this um, moments before NFL kickoff of week eight. And so I want all of us to give some type of uh, statement that we will either laugh at and be fools after this podcast comes out or people will think we were very smart for predicting about today's games, fantasy or real life. I'm I am in. So so I should go ahead and start uh, with we, we we play some we play the NFL spread in like a spreadsheet right now. So I've already had my crazy pick, which is that I top shelf like locked in the Falcons to cover the spread, which I think everyone thought I was an insane person for. I did. So so that would have been my one there. But my my pick and I talked with Hunter earlier this week about it is that I think uh, Scott Miller it would be like that would be my hunter's hunch for this week i have a feeling he's going to go <laughs> off this week um and i could sound like an idiot but yeah scott miller is my choice okay um i think mine we'll see um late game i think the just absolutely decimated cowboys beat the eagles 
Oh, wow. We'll see. I don't know. I just wanted to go bold with my hot take there. That is a bold, <laughs> I, I like that. I like Danucci coming in. Well, you know, yeah, I have. He's my lottery not ticket, a lot, so I'm Not excited. a lot of faith in him, but just <laughs> give Zeke the ball. He's on my team now, so I'd love that. Um, I just, I think the Eagles have been abysmally bad. I need Carson Wentz to get benched. I want to see Jalen Hurts in. Um, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. I'd love that. Yes, I just, ugh. The yeah, fact that has, Cam Newton didn't have a team for so long and players that are playing like that can just play it week in, week out. It's just crazy to me. Oh my gosh. I have to talk for a second because in, in Hunter's other league, there yes. are some people that absolutely wax poetic about Carson Wentz. And that like no. the problem is the Eagles talent around him and that he if he was at somewhere like San Francisco, he would be a Super Bowl champion oh quarterback. God. Yeah. Dude, I, I mean they like, have no offensive line right now. I will agree with that. Their offensive line is like I think entirely backups at the start of the season. So that's fair, but this is not a one season issue with him, right? It's been like the last three years. Um, yeah. My my hot take on him is he will be in a Marcus Mariota situation very soon, where he is going to be a journeyman QB, backup QB. Oh, I love that take. He, yeah, he he. I mean, he has like ten interceptions already this season. Ten. He, I think he has seven. Ten, right. He has seven interceptions and seven fumbles. Is, wow. what I, is what I think I looked up the other day. Because I saw something, and he lost five. Like, he has 12 turnovers already. Yeah, that's bad. That's a yikes, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, well, that would be great, because the, the uh, Cowboys have not covered the spread yet this year. They're 0-7. <laughs> I'm probably going to regret that when they're truly, like, and, the worst team in well, football now besides the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> the record uh, in the NFL history is 0-8. So if they don't cover the spread this week, then they uh, will have tied with the record wow. for, like, worst... I guess, you know, run of, of football. So yeah, maybe they break it this week. I would love to see that <laughs> prediction come true. Uh, mine is, um, I haven't been doing a good job of like trying to make people mad. I feel like, so my prediction this week is that my boy, Joe Burrow is going to just throw all over the Titans today, which that it probably will happen whether they win or not. But um, because the Titans secondary is very, very injured. So I think that Joe Burrow is going to get his second ever victory <laughs> and he's going to make you Titans fans very sad. You, you know, you know how I am. I expect the Titans to lose. I don't know if I've <laughs> ever picked them to win anything ever, even even now. So this so will not melancholy. hurt my feelings for Joe Burrow to pop off, to be honest. I mean... That's how, like, I loved watching Patrick Mahomes come in. I hope it's a shootout, though. Like, yeah. I hate when it's, like, 31 to 10. I would hate yeah. for that game to be the game. Same. Um, so that's all I really care about. Like, last week's Titans game, like, it was a good game. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Like, so, and it's it's fine. I just don't like losing to, to Ben Roethlisberger, so. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no, I know that may not upset you as much as it will Aaron and Brady and the rest of the gang. So I hope I'm right. Uh, also, a uh, uh, fact check I saw. It is Carson Wentz with 10 interceptions and 5 lost fumbles. 15 oh, wow. turnovers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's bad. So he has more turnovers than touchdowns. Probably. That's mortifying. Because yes. he only, he's only thrown 10 touchdowns. Yes, so. that is indeed correct. That is terrible. Days are numbered. Right. Hurt season. Let's go. All right. Well, uh, Spicer, do you have anything else before we let Katie go? Oh, I think that's it. Yeah, well, thanks so much for coming on, Katie. We uh, be keeping an eye on the Matriarchs this season, current third place. We'll see if you can uh, 
overthrow one of us to get into the playoff bye. And um, wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been fun. All right. Hope you've enjoyed this special episode. We will see you with our regular weekly recap here in just a few days. Brought to you by Magiano Productions.